Revealing Voices, the Mental Health Podcast, raising unanswered questions, sharing unanswered prayers. We are faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. I am Tony Roberts. I am Eric Riddle. And we are Revealing Voices. is a debate in mental health circles between those who want to, here's what I'm going to call it. It's those who want to promote mental health and those who want to combat mental illness. And I mean, the lines are not quite that sharp, but one example might be um, the people who want to promote mental health might say, you know, the the top issue facing our culture right now is reducing stigma. Certainly that's on on the top uh Which or, is near, very important. Or, or near the top of the of the agenda. And so I tend to trend in that direction. Yeah, Eric is uh very active active in that uh which is a valid is a valid uh concern. Um, and then there's uh, there's another group, another concern, another priority that people have that, uh, you know, the focus should be more on those with serious mental illness who may be languishing in prison, maybe on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how can we spend our dollars in terms of research for a cure and also um, – making a better life for those who function already at a very low level. Um, so we thought we might just tackle that subject a bit. Yeah. Uh, not in late in later episodes, we may go into more detail um, with guests we have. But um, well, Tony, we were talking about DJ Jaffe the executive director of Mental Illness Policy Org um, and the author of a book called Insane Consequences, How the Mental Health Industry Fails the Mentally Ill, which is a very provocative title, Insane Consequences. Uh, And this is a quote that just came out within the last week about why he does not celebrate Mental Health Month. And so he says... Uh, May celebrate as Mental Health Awareness Week or Month. In celebration, well-intentioned advocates are hosting events they think reduce the stigma of mental illness, but they are inadvertently perpetuating it. Mental Health Awareness Month public service announcements never feature the homeless psychotic eating out of garbage cans, sleeping in cardboard homes, and living with festering wounds under layer after layer of filthy clothes, or those locked behind bars or in institutions. Why? The stigma advocates fear that showing the most seriously ill will create stigma. But trying to gain sympathy for mental illness by only displaying the highest functioning is like trying to gain support for ending hunger by only showing the well-fed. That's from DJ Jaffe. Yes, very convicting. And, you know, I I land in this place. Eric and I can have a very uh, respectful and uh, uh, thoughtful, provoking conversation, I think, on this. But I, 
you know, even though I am someone who has reached a, a, a bottoming out point where I was, you know, I've, I've gone to inside hospitals many times. I've, you know, I've, I've been almost homeless. You know, I've, I've kind of been on the verge of some of those places. Mm. I see myself functioning and with the level of supports and, you know, the resources that many of my brothers and sisters don't have. And I, I guess I would like to f- focus my efforts uh, to lift up some of that. Whereas so, your so calling Tony, is distinct. Tony, are you talking about, let's just say there's a pot of money yeah. that goes towards mental health stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so... On one side, you could have like a multimedia campaign that says, hey, general public, be cool and give that person with a diagnosis a high five Mm -hmm. and spend millions of dollars on that. And hopefully Mm -hmm. more people raise their hands, get high fives, and it's all good because it's okay to have a mental diagnosis, right? That's reducing stigma. We will touch the hand of someone with a mental health diagnosis by giving them a high five. And but mm-hmm. on the other end of that, that pot of money could go towards uh, research institutions who um, are either creating better medicines or they are more invested in preventative care, uh, maybe for youth. Uh, it could be going towards uh, intensive outpatient treatment programs. I mean, in a nutshell, we're talking about like stigma reduction mm-hmm. awareness versus more. There's seriously mentally ill people who need mm-hmm. a lot of support through research and intensive treatment. Yeah. Right. I do think that's the crux of it. And, you know, on an individual level, what I think I will examine as I give financially or my time and talents, and I think that I will research that. Is this organization uh, promoting a vision of their own of what mental illness is about and what it should be? Or are they making a difference in terms of research and development, in terms of actually lifting people out of jails and prisons and into more compassionate places to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that falls below the, the, uh, the public awareness. You know, we, 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 we put up the rubric of, you know, mental health, mental illness, and they all collapse together. Mm. But I think as we dig just below the surface – we realize that, you know, not all agencies, organizations, advocacy groups are doing the same thing or operating uh, out of our values. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I think it's tough when there's like this line in the sand that's like either you're mentally healthy or you're mentally ill. Right. And you're on one side or the other and you go the other side when you go to the doctor and get a prescription, then you've flipped over the, the, the wall or whatever. I think some of the stigma reduction, the best and stigma reduction awareness, I think, is the stuff that says, hey, we all um, are on a spectrum of our own mental health and there is no wall. There is really no line. I think the, the line's a lot 
more blurry than what the general public thinks it is. I think the best in mental health stigma reduction helps create a, a better sense of empathy for people who have the more serious mental health diagnoses because they can actually begin to see in themselves some of those characteristics of people who struggle all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, And I would concur on the level of, you know, if it leads to better action born of that empathy mm -hmm. um, to help someone who's in a worse condition, then I would agree you've done a you've done a good job. We talked a little earlier though, and that is that if the unintended consequence happens, which is, well, Eric and Tony function fine with a mental health mm. diagnosis, why doesn't the person in jail or in the street? Right. You know, we, we we can fall into the trap of, well, mental illness is not uh, a debilitating condition, mm. whereas for many it is. Yeah, well, this was a question we had before we even aired our first episode. Yep. You know, and I, as you say, like I, I think of things in terms of mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like NAMI being called the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. You think differently about it. And that's, I that's... do. And there would be those who say that our language needs to reflect a more health model and less medical model. Um, I think until, however, we get to the point where we have a, a, a more broad-based medical cure or treatment for those who are the least of these, mm. Uh, our language needs to be precise. And, you know, it's funny, as you were talking, I was just kicking over in my mind, you know, is there a medical uh, model that in another area? And I just, in my mind, I just yeah. went to uh, breast cancer. I mean, you have people giving millions of dollars toward awareness programs that encourage people to have tests. Right. You know? Yes. And... So and they see that as a valid need to spend money for, and I mean it's a that's, it's a it's a great it's argument. Pre prevention, it's in a prevention. Way. That's a prevention. Exactly, message. which could be the same thing that stigma busting. That could be prevention because then you feel better, you don't feel bad about seeing someone for help. Mm -hmm. um, but at the at the same time, there's that prevention need. There's a whole need for cure and research and development and treatment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, it isn't an either or, um, but I think where, where you find your passion, you ne need to have precision about, okay, th this is what I want to do um, that conveys my, my conviction. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to, to know that there are as you say, very different values behind organizations in, in this world of dealing with people who have mental health crises in their life, who have debilitating serious mental illness that is chronic and most likely lifelong. It's a great conversation to have. And I think as the 
months and years go by, I think we're going to find this coming up. I think it's already happening in, in, in you know, the, the big league organizations like NAMI. These conversations are happening. I don't know what the percents are, Tony, as far as the percent of this big bucket of money, yeah. right, that goes towards more media stigma reduction campaigns versus research and development, treatment, prevention, all that. But uh, I have a strong feeling that we should be diverting more funding towards treatment. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. 